Hello everyone and welcome. So just one thing to say is um, having a little bit of trouble, not anything serious so far with, uh, with the internet, um, the last uh, couple of days. So if I happen to disappear <laughs> at any point, then uh, I will be back. Okay, so, you know, usually it just kind of chucks me out and then I come back or if needed, I'll come back via my phone. So if it does happen, if I get, if I disappear or if you find yourself suddenly out of the room, um, then just come back, click again, uh, we'll come back and, and we'll continue from, when, from, from whenever that happens, if it does happen, it of course might not happen. So... Um, and uh, also with that, if uh, you know if you can't hear me, if I freeze, um, then just uh, again let me know if you can send a chat message, um, and also just be patient. I will I will resurface as soon as I can, and uh, repeat myself happily. You know it's what we do in Dharma talks all the time anyway. Always repeating things that uh, wise people have said before. So yeah, really um, deep sense of welcome to all of you. Just a sec. Yeah, and lovely to see um, to see so many faces, to see the the greetings in the chat as we're as we're gathering, as we're coming together. Um, from so many different places yeah. around around the planet, around the world, coming together to to practice uh, and to be together yeah. to be together. I think last week I was uh, teaching a a retreat day and um, and I asked at the beginning why people are there and Someone said, I just come to be with others. You know, I just come to be with others. And she, she said to me, you know, someone I know. <laughs> so it doesn't sound, it didn't, it wasn't, you know. And she said, you know, you could even not say anything. You could even, and I, this I'm adding in. She didn't say this. But I said, you could even not be here. I could even not be here. And uh, there would still be value in, in us coming together. Yeah, all of us to, to be together as a as a community and to nourish each other. So yeah, really um, yeah, really heartfelt welcome to, to all of us and to the sense of community of Sangha coming together, weaving together. Always important, you know, if we think back. 2,600 years ago, it was important. Yeah. Buddha emphasized it again and again. And throughout our lives, for each of us, this was probably important. And for some of us now, in this particular time that we're living through, we can feel how much it matters. So one beautiful thing that we can... Um, connect to when we reflect on this, coming together, being with others, is that as we 
come into this space, you know, as we come here to perhaps be supported or to feel connection, to feel the community, we are at the same time offering support to others. Yeah. So let's take a moment to feel that, you know, that just by being here, just by being here right now, and you can look at the screen if you wish or not. Um, I'm being nourished by the presence of others coming to practice. And I'm also offering my presence to other people here. And to other beings not here. You know, we can even include that even further. We're offering our presence to each other. Just by being here, we don't need to do anything more. To each other and to other beings. So before we, um, we go into meditating together and there'll be a practice together and then I'll share some reflections um, and then time for questions at the end. Um, so before we, we kind of flow into that uh, rhythm of practice and reflection on the Dharma, uh, just an invitation to take a few moments and to feel your intention. What's my intention? What's perhaps my need? What is it that I'd like to offer to the world through this engagement right now? Just feeling what that is for you at this time right now. And then if you wish to articulate, to put it into words, then um, please do into the chat so that we can um, share with each other, we can hear from each other, we can resonate with each other. A sense of peace and calm in turbulent times. Thanks, Lenny. Release from reactivity. Calm support. Mm. Active hope, healing attention, presence, and kindness. And presence and kindness echo straight after. Beautiful. Ease to connect with myself and others, motivation, energy, focus, clarity, ground, patience to take care of my well-being and that of others, to reconnect with myself in order to give to others, to nurture a kind, compassionate heart, mm. being together with the world. So I hope I haven't missed anything that's been written. Um, if I did, it was just because it was moving too fast for me. But everyone can also read bringing tenderness and patience to suffering. Mm. 
We can feel that, you know, the beauty and the power of these intentions. Mm. Allow them to resonate. Maybe a different kind of frequency than the intention that's present for you right now, and yet it can still resonate in us. Feel that web of intentions coming together to dissolve self-centeredness. It's another one. Feel that web of intentions being woven together as we listen and as we read and as we articulate. Trust. Mm. So let's, let's settle into our practice with these intentions there in the field with us, supporting us, present, inspiring us perhaps. And so if you're not already in your meditation posture, then taking your seat Finding your posture. As we attune to the posture and just check in that the body is as stable and supported and balanced as possible right now. Just sweeping through and noticing if there's any fine tuning that we can make. Maybe release tension somewhere in the body. Or check into the uprightness. Perhaps bring more openness somewhere like the shoulders, the chest. Notice whether the hands are placed in a way that supports a posture of uprightness and ease. And so also opening 
with the breath. Feeling the body sitting here, the support of the posture. Perhaps the grounding of the contact areas. And the breath flowing through the body, opening the body, relaxing the body, enlivening the body space. So we've got the support of the body, the groundedness, the rootedness in the body, and also the uprightness and the steadiness of the body. We have the support of the breathing, its fluidity and movement, and the way the breath energizes and also calms, opens. Seeing for yourself what to lean into with the breathing, with the body. I lean more into the energizing aspect of the breath flowing into the body and spreading through the body space. Or do I need right now more of the emphasis on the out breath, the ease, the relaxation, the opening? And for most of us, it'll be some balance between the two, energizing and opening, easing, relaxing. Be some balance between those two aspects of experience, two aspects of the breathing. And so as we tune in to these aspects of the breath, the support of the breath, both in energizing and in relaxing, can invite the breath 
to fill up the whole body space or as much of the body space as we can. We don't necessarily need to change the breath in any way. It doesn't need to be necessarily longer or deeper. It can be, if that's helpful. But we're just tuning in to the breathing and seeing how the breath actually, the energy of the breath can spread and fill up the body space. And with the breath, awareness follows. So as we breathe in, the breath expanding, spreading. Filling up the whole body space. And with an awareness, we might actually feel as if we're stretching out awareness in the body with the breath, with the in-breath. And without breath, letting go, relaxing, ease. And again, the awareness gets a little bit larger. As we breathe out and we let go, the body field expands and awareness expands with it. So gradually, gently exploring this, the breathing, filling up the whole body space. Awareness open and stretched through the whole body field, filling up the body a little bit larger than the body even. And as we let go with the out breath, the ease, the relaxation, and the space of awareness opening a little bit more in the body. for this time of practicing together, body and breath. Wide, open field of awareness in the body, using the breath to fill it out, to spread it out, to expand it out. Tuning in to the energizing and calming aspects of breathing.
noticing what is needed. Resting into the uprightness and steadiness, stability of the body, the fluidity of the breathing, and the way the breath opens the body and expands awareness through the whole body field. explore this for a little while in your own way and rhythm.
So noticing where your attention is right now, without judging. Just noticing, acknowledging. Taking this slowly and reconnecting to your intention for practice. Letting that support you to come back to the body, the breathing, that wide field of awareness in the body, spread through the whole body. Feeling the support and the balance and the steadiness of the body and the fluidity and the support of the breathing. Awareness wide and sensitive, filling up the body and a little wider than the body. The breath filling up the space of awareness with the in-breath and with the out-breath. And we can rest also into that fluid flow and movement of the breathing, the arising and the passing of the breath experience through the field of awareness in the body. Seeing if we can rest more fully into that knowing, that space of awareness spread, expanded through the whole body and a little bit beyond the body. Seeing if we can tune into that sensitive knowing of that awareness, knowing the breath. knowing the sound of my voice or other sounds, knowing the field of the body. Resting into that knowing, into that space. open, wide, expanded space of awareness. We may find that we need to keep opening it, expanding it, stretching it, so that we can rest back into it and receive. Receive the flow of experience within it.
Keep tuning in to what is arising right now. Included, including a distracted mind, if that is the experience. We keep coming back to the support of the body, the steadiness, the uprightness. the energizing and calming aspects of the breath. The space of awareness spread and expansive through the body field. Using the breath to open it up. Seeing if there's other ways for us to stretch and open it through the whole body and beyond the body. This balance of groundedness, collectedness, and aliveness, spaciousness, openness. Receiving a flow of experience through awareness in the body or with the breath. That flow of experience being known.
And once more checking in. Opening out the space of awareness. Softening. And at the same time steadying and grounding. Relaxing and opening into the sensitivity of awareness. Letting it hold us and support us in this journey of the human experience. So please don't rush, there's nowhere we have to go. You can transition or not in your own time and way. Seeing if we can stay in tune, even if we change posture and open the eyes, if we can stay in tune with that sense of steadying and support in the body, the fluidity of the breath opening, the softening, and the sensitivity of awareness. So I'd just like to offer at this time just a few short reflections on Dana practice right here in the in the heart of our time together and then I'll offer a, a talk some reflections on the teachings and so right now I'm just dropping in the the sense of you know what's Dana for me what how, what words do I want to give to this, to this practice of dana and 
what's coming up in response is dana is everything dana is everything we wouldn't be here without this movement of mutual support without this practice of dana of freely offering of participating of supporting the teachings and what makes them possible and so as you know you know these sessions are offered uh, freely both from Gaia House and from uh, teachers and facilitators such as myself they're offered freely and the invitation is to uh, support yeah to support Gaia House and to support uh, the particular yeah, person who's sharing uh, the teaching in each session today happens to me to be me and so as we do that yeah there's no you know there's a reason why this is offered freely it's it's actually makes it a practice for each of us to feel yeah what what does this support for me in my life and how would I like to support it to continue to happen and what's possible for me yeah these are the three questions yeah what am I receiving what would I like to offer what's possible yeah. and to see what happens and even hello again <laughs> and even if you know you already know the answer you feel like oh there's not much that I can offer don't skip the process it's a beautiful part of the practice to feel the movement of the heart the giving and the receiving yeah and then to balance that with what is possible for, for each of us and to know that we support each other as we do this so you know those of us who have more offer more and those of us who have less um, you know at this point offer less yeah. it is the mutuality that, that allows these teachings to continue to be shared so I'm just going to put into the chat the links to the Guy House page where you can offer Dana to Guy House you can also offer Dana to me through there if you wish um, or you can also use the second link dependentorigination.org link to offer Dana directly to me um, if you wish to do it that way so those are the options So I think last time I was here uh, in the Dharma Hall, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned um, I mentioned that I've been reflecting a lot recently about um, about hope and despair, yeah, hope and despair, and um, what the teachings kind of offer to us in this sometimes this aspect of the human condition. And the reason I've been reflecting on this is um, because I feel like it's such a strong pull at the moment, you know, listening to people, meeting people, um, you know, following what's going on um, on the news. There's such a sense of, ah, these are really challenging times for so many of us. Yeah. I think for all of us in some ways, you know, there might be such challenging 
uh, in our own body or in our heart and mind. Um, it might be that we're okay, but um, people around us yeah, are experiencing challenge and difficulty. Yeah. And it might be not people that are close to us, but just a sense of our societies yeah, or the planet. So, you know, we, we, we might get a sense, and I don't mean to depress you <laughs> here at all. And these, are, these are challenging times. Yeah. And often with challenge, one of the movements that we'll notice, and it's really strong at the moment, is this kind of movement of up and down between hope and despair. Yeah. It, it's about to be over? No, it's not. You know? We're getting vaccines? No, we're not. You know, this movement, yeah? This movement. And again, we might feel it ourselves really um, strongly, or we might just be feeling it around us. Yeah? And that also affects us. Yeah, this longing for normality. Yeah, this longing to know. You know, what's going to happen? How long is this going to go on for? Now, that all is really human and, and we need to listen to it with compassion and care. Yeah? But we can also be interested yeah? in what we can see, what we can learn, what we can understand. Yeah? For example, we can see how is this amplified around us. You know, I've been really I've been I've been doing little experiment recently <laughs> of kind of looking at a headline and sitting with a headline for a little while, and then reading the actual article. <laughs> so if you do that, you sometimes see, like, there's almost no relationship yeah, between the two. Yeah? And you think you read the headline, and it gives you one message, and you read the article, it's, it's actually something quite different. And so it actually amplifies this movement of, ah, this, yeah, up and down. Yeah? Hope, despair. And unfortunately, governments are doing the same. And the UK government in particular, I think, is doing this really well these days, you know, and of putting out these, you know, grand statements and then saying, oh, no, actually, no. Yeah. So, but they're not the only ones. Yeah. So, so we can see this, you know, this movement. And, and then whatever's going on for us as individuals is amplified by... Um, by what is going on externally. So we can feel, you know, the, the beauty of, of the heart that wants to go beyond suffering. You know, at the root, this is at the root of this, yeah, the, the wanting to know, the wanting, um, the, the return to normality, whatever that is. Yeah. That movement towards hope, you know, which then plummets. Yeah. You know, the heart of this is, is that, you know, the movement of the heart that wants to transcend suffering, to get beyond it. And that's very beautiful. And, you know, really essential, I'm going to kind of unpack this more, really essential to, to have compassion here. Yeah, compassion um, and, and kindness and care as we do this. Yeah, so we can see the beauty of the heart. And we can also see uh, the way that distress is built up with this. Mm. So we remember, one thing that's really helpful to remember is what sensitive beings we are. And this is one thing that we can see here. 
with this kind of movement, yeah, this hope and despair. I'm going to stay with this for a little bit. Yeah, it's it's rooted in our sensitivity. So we hear something and hope, and then it changes, and we go back into something else. It, it shifts because we're so sensitive. And like I said, it might be something that's really relevant here to this heart and body and mind. might be for someone close to me. It might be others that I don't even know, and yet it impacts. So the Buddha... Um, referred to this kind of movement that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of demonstrating through this hope-despair um, relationship. Um, and he called this movement the worldly winds, you know, the winds of, of worldly experience. Yeah. And he, he kind of um, put together these pairs, yeah, that um, hope and despair is my own addition. But you can kind of see it in, in the pairs that he offered to us. Yeah. He spoke about these polarities that we get, these worldly winds, you know, that we get kind of buffeted by. Yeah. So, for example, we move between pleasure and pain. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. We're kind of wanting the pleasure, reaching out for the pleasure, happy when there's pleasure, and then when there's pain, boom. Yeah. Down. Um, we get, you know, pulled between the, the polarity of gain and loss. You know, getting things, losing things. Yeah, it's another one of these polarities. And then this is more relational between praise and blame. Yeah, it can also be internal relational. But, you know, when there's praise and we feel, whoa, I feel good now. And when there's a sense of, oh, I did something wrong. Yeah. And I feel bad now. Yeah, so we get kind of buffeted by all of these. The fourth one that the Buddha mentioned is um, is fame. Yeah, when we have kind of other people perceive us, yes, external perception as being great or good or whatever. And um, then the 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 opposite, infamy. Yeah, other people perceive us in a negative way. So I, I'm not going to go into the particulars of these. What's interesting for me is this movement that he was um, showing us and that, and that image of the worldly winds. Yeah. This movement between extremes that we have as humans. Movement between extremes, very natural for our psyche. And how the experience of it, if, if you feel for yourself, it's as if we're like buffeted yeah, by the conditions that create experience. And sometimes it can feel, you know, we're buffeted, we're kind of blown around by life itself. Yeah. And it's such a powerful image for the human condition. Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking, yes, yeah, like an image that I get is just, you know, when you see a leaf or, you know, maybe even something big or a tree kind of really blown around, yes, even if it's still rooted. Yeah. It's really blown around by a really strong wind. And so 
what you know what causes that wind what causes that being blown around this is where it gets interested is that really you know because in all the images you know the wind is external it's happening to me yeah it's happening to me yeah but when we really reflect on our experience yeah, and this is the invitation yeah don't just take my word for it yeah reflect feel for yourself when you really reflect on this for yourself, how much of that, yeah, of that wind is created through our tendency to give weight to these polarities, yeah. to say this is good and this is bad, this is what I want and this is what I don't want. And as we give weight, we actually make things real. Yeah. We make something real and we entangle ourselves in it. We tie our well-being to this, yeah, to this wind that's actually blowing and moving all over the place. Yeah. This is, you know, it's a moving, just like the breath comes in and out, the human experience goes up and down and, and we don't even need to say even when I say up and down that already has yeah. a sense of good and bad to it yeah. a value judgment yeah. the human experience changes yeah. it's made up of all kinds of things and if we tie our well-being if we hang it on only you know, if we go back to the Buddha's examples only having pleasure, yeah. Only having gain, yeah. Only having praise, yeah. Only having fame, yeah. Others only thinking well of us. Then we're gonna we're gonna have suffering in our lives. It, it's, it's inevitable, unavoidable that that will happen. So what can we do? Yeah, because it's such a strong tendency for us, you know, for us, all of us. Yeah. It's such a strong tendency to, to kind of have these polarities and to believe in them, yeah, to believe in them. So one thing that we can do is to see this, yeah, to see. And to say, okay, right now, if we come back to our situation, right now there's hope. Yeah, so can I let that hope, oh, hope open me? Yeah, and even uplift, yeah, without hanging my well being onto it. This is the crucial part. Yeah, this is the crucial part. What happens when we see this um, and then we use the practice as a support? Yeah just like we were doing now in the guided meditation. Yeah. When we breathe and ground in the body and the breath. Yeah. And, and just notice for yourself, do it now. What happens now when you breathe and ground your sense of being in the body and the breath? What happens to your experience? What happens when we open up the space? 
Because yeah, one thing that we can notice, yeah, I said at the beginning, I'm going to probably say things that I've said before. Yeah, this is something I've said a lot. Yeah. When we grab onto something, when we want something to be a certain way, we shrink. Yeah. When we open up the space of the body, when we open up the space of awareness, when we soften, yeah. The relationship changes. So what happens when we open up the space, uh, when we bring in compassion, when we remember wisdom, yeah? things change. Don't hang your happiness on something that's not in your control. Yeah. And if you're doing it, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's another aspect of wisdom. You're seeing, same with the seeing, that you're doing this. Bring in compassion, soften, open the space. Yeah. What happens when we remember us instead of just me? Yeah, I could see it. I said something earlier and people were nodding, you know. And I said, you know, this isn't just mine. Yeah, it's ours. Yeah. It's not just me that does this. We do this. Yeah, we have this tendency. And just what happens when I remember other people and other beings. Yeah. That also opens up the space. I'm not alone. It's not just me. It's not just this. There's others alive. There's other, others doing their best right now to live well through challenging times. Not alone. There's others doing their best to live well through challenging times. So what happens when we remember that, you know, and, and try and play with it, yeah. you know, of like, what, what's this us that we remember, you know, everyone that I've practiced with. Yeah. Everyone across the planet. Yeah. Maybe, you know, my ancestors. Yeah, so across time. Yeah. Maybe um, future beings, again, across time. Maybe, you know, other species that I reflect on and remember and bring to mind. You know, what happens when we think, you know, this is one of my favorite reflections, I think of the wild animals. Yeah. Yeah, I think of wild creatures, deep in the forest, deep in the savannas, yeah. deep in the oceans. And for me, that's a source of strength, yeah. So we open out across species, across time. What happens when we think of nature? We have a plant. We have a lot of plants, but there's one plant that's right now our um, coffee drinking companion. It sits on the coffee table, my mother's living room. And uh, when we have coffee in the morning, we look at this plant, which is flowering at the moment and it's making a lot of buds and recently it's um, 
it's making these amazing flowers, but it's also dropping some of the buds. Yeah, some of the, the buds are dropping off it. And it always feels like a real moment of sorrow when we get up in the morning and we see another bud on the table, yeah, not on the plant. And today we were really contemplating it and kind of thinking, you know, but, you know, this is just one way of seeing it, you know, hope and despair, you know. It's like, oh, something's wrong, therefore it's dropping the buds. And we say, actually, like, maybe it's not that something's wrong. It's actually made a lot of flowers. So maybe it's conserving its energy and using it for the flowers and say, okay, I don't need this, these buds anymore. <laughs> yeah, because I've made the flowers that I need to make. So we were playing around with this and then Nathan said to me, you know, but actually, like, the really wonderful thing here is we have no idea. <laughs> There's this intelligence, yeah, of nature. It doesn't even have a mind, yeah, but there's this intelligence, and it's doing this, you know, it's making flowers, it's dropping buds, it's keeping all of us alive, yeah, yeah, wow, doesn't even have a brain, <laughs> as far as we know, maybe it does, yeah. So nature, you know, what happens when we open up and think, our nature, you know, what happens with that, you know, it can be an incredible source of support. So there's so much we can do, there's so much we can do, yeah, yeah, challenging times, the natural tendency of us as human beings to get pulled into polarities and to hang our happiness on these ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And yet there's so much we can do. We can stay steady. We can stay balanced through the body, through the breath, through awareness. We can stay compassionate. Yeah. Or we can nourish compassion even in moments when we don't feel compassionate at all. Yeah. We can nourish compassion. We can keep our view large. Yeah, in all these ways that I've just touched on, you know, whatever resonated with you. Yeah, think of your children, think of your, you know, ancestors, think of the wild animals, think of nature. Yeah, think of humanity, whatever yeah. helps you to keep the view wide. Think of your own life and all the ups and downs that you li you've lived through. Yeah, keep the view wide. Yeah, stay in tune with the changing, flowing nature of experience, of how it comes together and it changes. Yeah, stay in tune with that. We can see that in a breath. We can see that in, um, in the way the clouds move across the sky. Mm -hmm. so stay in tune with that intentionally. And as we do that, we're cultivating a well-being that doesn't need to depend on external things. It's a well-being that's rooted internally yeah, in our resources and in how we relate to things. Yeah. goes beyond things needing to be a certain way. So finding the eye in the storm, yeah, amongst these winds of life, finding the eye in that storm, that quiet place within, a place that also remembers, remembers our own goodness, 
remembers the goodness that's there in the world. Remembers nature. And from here, yeah, one way we can speak of this is equipoise, yeah, balance, steadiness within the eye in the storm. From here, from this place, we can find a place of intimacy with all things, yeah. equally close to all things, not being pulled by extremes and polarities. So less, less pushing and less pulling and more openness. And from here, we find resource and we can also offer it out to others, share it out, radiate it out with others. And from here, we can act also. Yeah. It enables response and wholesome action in the world. I'm just going to end with a story. I hope it'll make sense. Um, I was just remembering it today when I was reflecting on, on what I was going to share. Um, and this is a conversation I had many years ago with someone who's, you know, a lot older than me, probably could be my father or maybe even older than that. Um, and he's also a person with a lot of life experience, yeah, a lot of life experience. And... Um, he had spent kind of the first part of his life um, getting really good at business and making money <laughs> and the second part of his life in using those skills to benefit others. Yeah, so having a lot of charitable um, work. And he was telling, you know, we were having a conversation and he was saying, he was sharing with us how in, in, in his foundation, um, at that moment, at that time, there was a lot of strife between people. Yeah, it's a lot of strife. There was a lot of conflict between people, so things weren't going well. And he had this sense of, I need to know. <laughs> okay, here, here are the worldly winds. You know, I'm the experienced one. I'm the boss. I'm the founder. I need to solve this. It's up to me. I need to know what to do. And feeling this pull, yeah the painfulness of the situation and wanting to get away from that. Yeah, the sense of um, self-blame that things were going like this. Yeah. He was feeling all of that and, and he was realizing, just I just need to stay steady, actually, not to rush to solutions, not to try and fix, because whatever he tried to do, it just made things worse. Yeah. I just need to stay steady. And hold the space yeah. and practice. And then, yeah, and this is a phrase that stayed for me this is at least 10 years ago, maybe longer, this conversation. So he said, then from that steadiness, the next right thing to do arises. But it's only one thing, it's only one step. I don't necessarily know. Yeah, it's a complex situation. I don't necessarily have the whole plan. But I know what the next right thing is. Yeah. And it stayed with me because it's so true. Because we always have this capacity yeah. to stay steady, to practice, to open in all the ways that I've mentioned, and, and many more, countless more. 
and to see what's the next right thing from there, the next right thing to do right now for me. And then to stay steady with that. And so this is true of our practice on the cushion. <laughs> yeah, use the winds and storms, you know, they happen to us when we're sitting, you know, on our meditation seat with our eyes closed as well as in the world. You know, it's shared, that experience. So we do that in our practice, in our former practice, and we do that in the world, you know, with our own distress and that of others. Yeah. We find steadiness in whatever way is possible, whatever degree is possible. And we stay open to whatever the next right thing is to do. And we let go of expectation of results. Yeah. This is so important in all of this. We know all we can do right now, yeah, which is so much, is to do the next right thing with what we have. And to trust. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.